You're listening to Mysteries Still Unsolved, a podcast where we discuss unsolved mysteries both past and present. I'm your host, Rochelle. Today, we will discuss the tragic love story behind the Bolt Castle. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Mystery Still Unsolved. Um, it's Tuesday. Yep, again, uh, the weeks are just flying by. I can't believe it's September already. Um, I hope that you all had an incredible week. Uh, over this past weekend, we celebrated my baby's birthday. Yeah, my baby. He is now officially three. Um, to celebrate, we went to the zoo. We had pizza, which is his favorite, and we uh, had a penguin-themed cake because that kid loves penguins. Um, what did you guys do this weekend? I want to know what you're up to because this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a post in my stories where you can let me know what you've been up to the last couple days because I so badly want to connect with all of you more outside of the episode. So tell me, I really want to know. Um, I'm so glad to be back in my daughter's cozy closet to discuss unsolved mysteries with all of you. When I first began this podcast, I used to find this space that I'm in right now, like really cramped. But now that I've been in here once a week for the past 55 weeks, 55 episodes, people, I'm really starting to grow attached to this little nook. My daughter's closet means business. It means we're going to be tackling and discussing some difficult truths and trying to figure out some of these mysteries. And there's literally nowhere else in the world I'd rather be in this moment than in this cramped closet being a couch potato sleuth with all of you. And honestly, I've tried to record this podcast in other places that are far more comfortable in my home, but the sound quality is just not the same as it is in this little sanctuary. So I keep coming back and my closet, like Ryland's closet is like, you'll be back. And I am. And I'm so grateful to all of you who keep coming back week after week. Um, seriously, you guys are the best, and I'm so appreciative of all of you. If you can't get enough and you need to have more of me in your life, I get it. <laughs> Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Mysteries Still Unsolved. Um, I almost have 100 followers, which, I mean, I don't want to brag, but... 100 followers. <laughs> but come on, guys. I know that there are some of you out there who come back week after week and listen, and you're not following me on my Instagram, and you should be. Like, I have access to the diagnostics. I can see how many people downloaded my episodes, and it's more than 100, okay, people? So you guys need to follow me on there. If you're going to, like, come and see me every week, like, come see me every day. I promise that I don't bite often. <laughs> We also have a website. It is www.mysterystillunsolved.com. There you can binge all 55 of my episodes, and that's about it for right now. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll upload more scripts or something, or I don't know, do some merch. But for right now, you can go there to listen to my library of episodes, or you can even leave a listener suggestion there. Uh, we covered a listener suggestion last week. It was the Solder Children. And it was fabulous. I love covering cases that you guys are interested in. I have plenty more suggestions to catch up on too. So thank you all for making my job a lot easier when you drop a suggestion because then I know that I'm going to be covering something that you guys really love. 
If you've been with me for a little bit, then you know that I spent this past summer in upstate New York. I even had an eerie personal encounter with a murderer living next door to me, which you can find in episode 50. So check it out. Wild stuff. Wild. Uh, While in New York, I was able to go on location to a few haunted places that I've kind of been sporadically covering on this podcast ever since. I didn't really want to overwhelm you with all of the haunts, but I still have two up my sleeve. Today's episode and then another location in Lake George, which we will cover at a later time. I decorated my home for Halloween over the weekend as well, and I go all out. So naturally, I'm kind of in this like spooky, haunted mood. So today we will be covering the tragic love story behind the Bolt Castle. I don't know about you, but I love love stories. I always want to know how people met. I just feel like there's just so many variables that have to like be perfectly aligned. Like you have to be in the same place as this other person. You also have to have like the courage to either initiate a conversation or be okay with having a stranger talk to you. Then you guys have to like both be in the mood of talking and then you actually have to like like each other. And I just feel like there's just so many variables that have to like perfectly align and then bam, magic. It's awesome. Um, I was recently reminded, thank goodness for Facebook memories, right? That on September 11th, 2010, my love story with my husband began. Um, I was just on my Facebook and it said like 11 years ago today. And this is, I'll give you guys like a super short ESPN highlights version of how Brian and I met. So, Uh, I had just gotten out of a relationship with a guy before we had, um, broken up. I had gotten a couple of tickets to this band called Safety Suit. Nobody knows who they are. Um, I'll play them underneath what I'm saying right now. (laughs) Um, and I had three extra tickets and I obviously wanted to go to the concert, but I was like, how old was I? Maybe like 19 or something or 20. And I don't know. I just didn't want to go alone. And, and I think I would have gone alone, but it obviously would be much more fun to go with people. So I debated, you know, posting something on Facebook because I was like, well, I don't want to be, I don't want people to read it and be like, oh, she's a loser. She's got to like ask people to like hang out with her at a concert. <laughs> but I just decided, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to post something. And I said something along the lines of, hey, I've got a couple extra tickets to this concert. I'll go alone if I have to, but obviously it'd be more fun if I had people come with me. Um, it's for safety suit. Does anybody even know who they are and want to go? And one of my friends saw it and she was like, Hey, I'd love to come and I'll bring two of my friends with me. And one of those friends was Brian and the rest is history. Um, so yeah, that's my love story. I grew up actually going to Bolt Castle. So my family and I went there pretty much every summer. And whenever I go back to the area, I take my now little family that I have established. Um, and I just feel like there's something so magical, so enchanting, um, really like so romantic, um, about that place. Um, I almost feel drawn and like compelled to go there. Um, seriously, like my stay when I go to New York, like doesn't feel complete if I don't visit there at least once. Before I tell you about my own experiences at the castle and the experiences of workers that I've been able to speak with over the years, 
I want to get you up to speed with the enchanting history of the building and the person responsible for the shrine of love and heartache. American millionaire George Bolt. George Bolt was a Russian immigrant who moved to America when he was in his late teens, early 20s. He was a man of little means, so upon his arrival to the States, he acquired a position in a kitchen at the elaborate Waldorf Astoria in New York City. The Empire State Building now currently stands on the location of where this hotel used to be. In 1876, George Bolt first laid his eyes on Louise. The two were married just shy of her 16th birthday. Louise didn't come from money either, but the two they, together, they were unstoppable. Um, together, not only did they make a beautiful couple, but they also made a powerful business team. In no time at all, George had worked his way up from the kitchen to executive proprietor of the Waldorf Astoria Hotel, taking them from the lower middle class to the elite in just a few short years. Although they were more wealthy than those in their socialite groups, the couple and their family was kind of shunned because they were what the elitist group would call new money. Think that fun, um, kind of chubby lady in the fur coat in the movie Titanic. Like, I think she was fabulous. She was killing it. She's like the only one in that movie that I really cared about. Uh, the couple continued to grow their empire as the most successful people in hospitality management at the time. They had two children, uh, an older son and a younger daughter. When Louise was 41, her husband, George Bolt, began a secret project. He wanted to build a house for his wife that symbolized their union, sacrifices, and their love, and he would gift it to her on Valentine's Day. So he purchased Heart Island, spelled H-A-R-T, near Alexandria Bay. He then went so far as to change the name of the island officially to Heart Island, spelled the proper way, H-E-A-R-T, and he didn't stop there. Oh no! He then purchased dynamite and had his crew literally shape the island into a heart. <laughs> Ladies, can I get an amen? They just do not make men like this anymore. Now, now we're lucky if we get a text message at 1145 riddled with grammatical errors from our honeys that are sitting in the other room asking us if we want to like watch Netflix and eat Oreos. <laughs> Where are the George Bolts of the world today? Seriously. When Brian asked me what I want for Christmas this year, I'm going to tell him, I want an island, and I will accept nothing less under the tree. Uh, George's instructions to his lead architect were abundantly clear. Spare no expense. Do not cut corners. He wanted this to be the most perfect place for his sweetheart. He wanted hearts to be incorporated all throughout the property in the building, from the flowers laid in the shape of the hearts on the grounds, to hearts in the molding, door handles, ceilings etched into the wood of banisters his wish was that everywhere she looked in this luxurious summer home Luis would be reminded of his complete adoration and love for her every room 121 rooms to be exact like this is this is a mansion like this is not even a mansion this is a castle was designed with her in mind the dining room had plenty of space for her fabulous, infamous, elaborate dinner parties. The table itself could hold 24 guests. 
Although George himself did not particularly enjoy ballroom dancing, he knew that Luis adored it. So he included a ballroom that like the ceiling and the sides of it were designed impeccably, like in such a way that the acoustics were perfect in that room. Like they basically like mirrored like those opera houses that they're like, if you stand at the front and you drop a pin, like you can hear the pin drop. Like it was perfect. Bolt Castle was built for Luis's joy. On the second story of the home were four bedrooms. The smallest of the four he gave to himself. Um, Remember, this is a time when it was quite commonplace for husbands and wives to sleep in separate quarters, especially among the elite. Uh, He wanted to give Luis plenty of space to have her help assist her with like all the corsets and the bonnets and the bustles and the frou-frous and the ruffles and all the things and whatever else women needed help with back then I I really don't know (laughs) uh he designed Louise a stunning bathroom which he never intended on using he wanted Louise to have the most beautiful sanctuary away from the kids away from guests when she wanted to just to kind of de-stress from the cares of the world because remember they are a power team. So this is not just like George works all day and she just like knits and like plans parties. Like she was very much a part of George's success. And George had been quoted as saying that he would be nothing if not for Louise. And I love that because this is not really a time when I feel like men really admitted that. So I think that's really cool of him. He was like ahead of his time. Um, and doesn't that sound wonderful to have your own bathroom all to yourself, a place where you don't have to worry about falling into the toilet because some stupid dummy like leaves a toilet up. Uh, there's no mysterious sticky substances all over your sink and floor and handles. And there's no toothpaste splatters, um, all over the mirror. And in this magical bathroom, I bet you that laundry actually made its way into the hamper, not next to it, not like, you know, two feet away, but like literally inside the hamper. Can you believe it? I can only dream. I can only dream. Although George and Louise's children were by this time adults, he designed quarters for them as well in the home. He wanted a place for his oldest son to be able to come and visit with his wife and children on the holidays. Um, His youngest daughter, Clover, was not yet married, so he had even built a little, like, reception room off of her bedroom so that she could entertain potential suitors. Mm, How fancy. And he hoped one day that her husband and children would be able to stay there as well. The entry to the castle is stunning. Like, the foyer is incredible. It is designed elaborately. The staircase is made of pure Carrera marble. There's intricate banisters. And if you look up, you will see a giant oval stained glass dome window shining down on you from the ceiling of the nearly 60-story home. (laughs) Like, I got like don't think of a mansion like literally think of a castle again because the couple was considered new money they were not accepted by high society so many people speculate that not only was this a gift for Louise for Valentine's Day but it may have also been a you know like a private oasis that he built for them to truly be themselves away from like hoity-toity bitches the ultimate freedom (laughs) 
Bolt Castle is not the largest mansion in the world or the most elaborate, but it's certainly a place that tugs at my heartstrings. Whenever I walk through the front doors of the castle, it's always bittersweet because I remember that I am able to do something that Luis never was able to do. I am able to see it. Unfortunately, before the house was completed, uh, Luis died at the age of 42. Based on the autopsy report, it's believed that she died of some sort of heart failure. Um, But her heart wasn't the only one to cease from working. George Bolt was absolutely grief-stricken. Immediately after Luis's passing, George Bolt sent a telegram to the island um, for the construction crew and instructed them to cease working immediately. In his eyes, there was no longer any point in the castle being completed because his love was gone. 300 people packed up the remnants of the project, some rooms stacked to the brim with construction tools and like molding and scaffolding and wood, and they just left and never returned. George Bolt also never returned. He refused to visit the island for the remainder of his life. George died 12 years later. For decades, the island stood lifeless. Occasionally, vagrants and vandals would somehow creep onto the island and steal copper, gold, metals, and whatever else they could find. Teenagers local to the area would find their way to the island and destroy it by carving their names into the building, into the wood banisters or the walls. Think like R plus J equals love forever, and then they like broke up next week because they're freaking stupid idiot youths. I hate youths. In 1977, the Thousand Islands Bridge Authority took over the island and began opening the unfinished castle up for tours. While sifting through the debris, they were able to find the majority of the original plans that George Bolt had had for the castle. Because of the adoration that people have for this beautiful, enchanting love story, um, when the Thousand Islands Bridge Authority decided to open this up for tours, people came in droves to see it. Without any help from state taxes, and simply using money that they made from admissions, the management of the Bolt Castle has been able to use the original blueprints to fund the completion of the castle exactly the way that George had intended. I have been going to Bolt Castle almost yearly for as long as I can remember, and I can confirm that every time I go, there's something new. So far, the first and second floors have been completely renovated. The boathouse across the lake has also been fully restored. The tower and remaining floors still need a little bit of work, obviously, but they're slowly but surely getting to them. The tower is called the Child's Playhouse, but it's more of a game room for adults. Um, It's fixed with a billiards table, games, and even a bowling alley, so it's seriously so cool. Uh, The design plans for the third floor of the castle are missing, which makes it extremely difficult for the Thousand Island Bridge Authority to decide what they're going to do with it. Uh, They want to stay true, obviously, to George Bolt's vision, but they don't know what his vision for that third floor was for sure. If I had to guess, I would say it was probably rooms for guests or possibly for the countless, you know, maids, cooks, groundskeepers, and the butler that would have been needed to keep up such a large castle. Um, 
When you stand on the grounds of Heart Island, it truly feels like a fairy tale. You can just like feel like the lake breeze blowing through your hair, those like sweet smells. It's just so nice. And then like the sun is beating down on you and you're covered or you're surrounded by like flowers in the shapes of hearts. It's really, really cool. It's hard to believe that this is a real story and not just an enchanted fantasy concocted by the Grimm brothers. But when you stand there and bask in its grandeur and enormity, you are suddenly hit by the realization that you are standing on an island in the middle of nowhere, an island shaped by love. Okay, so now for my personal experiences on the island. So like I said, I have been coming to this island for many, many many years, and I always seem to feel drawn to it. I do believe the castle is haunted, but not in the way that you might think. I think this place is a perfect example that haunted places don't always have to be scary. There can be places that are haunted that are just, you know, beautifully haunted. I think that there are loving ghosts out on Heart Island who truly stay where they feel most comfortable because they don't have the heart to leave. I spoke with workers who have shared with me that they have witnessed ghost sightings or odd things around the castle, but oddly enough, they didn't even seem like very scared when they were telling me about it. So one person told me that it was after hours and the last boat had left at seven for the day. Um, They were about to go home, but they needed to do like one more sweep of the island before leaving for the night. As they walked to the boathouse, they saw a translucent woman dressed all in white, walking through the gardens. Another person told me that lights often flicker in the ballroom when they turn on the music for the day. Maybe Louise is giving her approval. Mirrors in the bathroom will fog up with no logical explanation, and there are definitely unexplained cold spots. I have felt them personally myself. All classic symptoms of a haunting. I like to think that in death, George was finally able to surprise the love of his life Louise, with the gift that he was building for her. I feel like at least on the first and the second floors. I'll even give you the basement, which is pretty much unfinished, but oddly enough, not creepy. Uh, There is this light, airy feeling to the castle, but this is a great contrast to the third floor. And over the years, I've come to realize that I don't think it has anything to do with the floor being unfinished. I really do feel a sense of darkness and unease on that third floor. It just like, it's like hard to explain, but it just doesn't have a good feeling. I don't know if I would say that the floor is necessarily haunted, but I would say that I definitely believe that some bad, like shady, bad things have happened there. And that like those vibes are still very much lingering. I don't know if I've mentioned on this podcast before, you might not know this about me, but I'm a big vibes person. I feel like everyone has a built-in instinct. You can call it many things. You can call it a gut feeling. You can call it an instinct. You can call it a sixth sense. You can call it like the spirit. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. And that is your like bodies or your consciousness or your spirit's way of telling you that something is like not right. Like you're potentially in a bad situation. For example, A few years ago, my husband and I had gone to New York City for a little couple's retreat the day after Christmas. On our way back from our fabulous trip, driving upstate, we had to drive through a bunch of like teeny tiny New York towns. 
and I really had to pee, story of my life. So we pulled off at this little town with a rest stop and a gas station. Uh, Brian didn't have to go, so he stayed in the car, and I walked in by myself. And when I walked in the door, I just was, like, immediately overcome with this sense of, like, unease. Like, I just, like, didn't feel comfortable. And I went in, and there were two men working in there, and they were just kind of talking to each other. And when I came in, they just, like, stared at me. And, like, I literally felt like their eyes were on me the entire time I walked to the bathroom. Um, I really had to pee. So I told myself, like, Brian's in the car. This, like, the front of the store was just glass. And I was like, Brian's in the car. I'm just going to go in here really fast. And then I'm just going to get, like, the heck out of here. Um, After I went to the bathroom, I came out and was surprised that Brian was in the gas station, like, looking at candy. (laughs) I figured maybe he had changed his mind and had decided to use the bathroom. When we got in the car, I told him about how I had felt walking into this gas station and he stopped me in my tracks and said, oh my gosh, that's crazy. When you got out, I decided to go on my phone and just catch up on things. But as soon as you entered the building, I also had this overwhelming sense of dread and felt like I needed to go in there. Isn't that so weird? Like, I don't know if anything would have happened to me or maybe we were just both feeling the sense that something bad had happened there before. But yeah, I totally believe in that stuff. And seriously, no matter how ridiculous or dumb you might feel about it, listen to your gut or your spirit or your instinct or your sixth sense. It's acting out for a reason normally to keep you safe. If you do ever happen to venture up to the Thousand Islands, make sure you don't miss the opportunity to visit the Enchanting Bolt Castle. It's totally and completely worth it. On my stories today on my Instagram at Unsolved, shameless plug, you will find some pictures and some videos of my most recent trip to the castle. I hope that you enjoy them. Also, feel free to look at the post I posted for today's episode where you can find pictures of George and his sweetheart, Louise. So... What do you think? Do you think Bolt Castle on Heart Island is haunted? Do you believe a place can be haunted but not scary? Do you think the ghosts of George and Louise are haunting the castle and grounds or vandals who were up to no good? Let me know by commenting on my Instagram. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this very delayed on-location episode from my recent time in upstate New York. It's so fun to physically be at a place that we discuss here on the podcast, so hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Want to know the best way to support this podcast? Of course you do. Follow me on Instagram at MysteriesStillUnsolved. There you can post your comments and share your thoughts, theories, opinions. I love, love, love to hear them. You can send me a DM with either a case suggestion or a compliment. Wink, wink. You'll also never miss a single episode because I pop in on the stories and tell you every single time I've posted. Visit the website www.mysterystillunsolved.com. There you will find my library of episodes, all 55. So if you're new around here, prepare to binge. Share my podcast with a true crime loving friend or family member. You know you got some weird friends and family members who would eat this shisha up. We all do. We all have those weird friends. And if not, hate to break it to you, but you are that weird friend. Uh, But the best way to support my podcast is to join me next week when together we'll discover, did someone ever place a useful tip? Has justice prevailed? Or is the mystery still unsolved?